Hi, it's Jay Mueller from Bad Producer Productions. Thanks for listening to this podcast. It's one of seven we currently produce. They include The Garrett, Team Effort, Childproof by Tony Martin and Geraldine Quinn, Game Changers with Craig Bruce, In the Pocket NFL, The Greatest Season That Was 93, and our newest podcast, The Final Word Cricket Podcast with Jeff Lemon and Adam Collins. I don't know which of those you're about to listen to, but whichever one it is, I hope you enjoy it, and I'm grateful for your time and enthusiasm. Thank you. All of our podcasts are supported by the generous team at A.V. Jennings. For more than 85 years, A.V. Jennings has created communities for people just like you. A.V. Jennings communities are designed for the way people want to live today. To find out more, visit avjennings.com.au. A.V. Jennings, your community developer. Thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting our sponsor, A.V. Jennings. And welcome back to the team effort. I'm Ed Cavalli. With me, as always, is our producer and fact checker, Jay. Hello, Jay. Good to be here. The team effort is here to help you become a better person. Maybe you want to improve your golf swing. Maybe you're hoping to hear some life hacks or increase your social media following. If that's what you want, then go fuck yourself. This is not for you. <laughs> this is about real change. Today, it's all about the benefits of hard work. No shortcuts, no fudging, no running off into the bushes at Splendor in the Grass with a married man. No, it's about hard work. Jay, hit our theme music, please. Oh, we do not own the rights to that. My there it is, blasting my head off. Yes, welcome into the team efforts. Oh my God, look at our first guest. He's worn through his shoes, pounding the pavements of Melbourne, and he's pounded through his fingers, pounding the keyboard for his new book, Deadly Kerfuffle. Throw in a fringe show and some pretty hardcore Twitter exposés on the quality of local DVD aspect ratios, and it's a full dance card for Mr. Tony Martin. Good morning. Thank you. I was hoping to improve my uh, golf swing. So well, you can I'm <laughs> do bound that, to be disappointed. Do that on your own time. Our next guest used to have a goatee. You can find him in the club. Bottle full of bub. When he pulls up out front, you see he's Ben's on dubs. In a stellar 30-year career in the media, the most scandalous thing he's ever done is nothing. Maybe that's why the 23-year-old seat filler who sat down next to him at the Logies turned to him and asked, so do you do anything in TV? He's basically the opposite of every po-faced, pointless TV auto-cue reading meatbag. Hard work personified. He's writing as we speak. It's Mr. Tom Gleisner. Thank you very much. Just waiting for the auto cue to refresh. Oh, hello, it's me. <laughs> Here I am. Our final guest today is the bastard son of Khaleesi and Jon Snow, the proud owner of a new old classic car. That means his license has been reinstated. At least <laughs> I sure hope it does. He's a lady in the street, but a freak in the bed. If the casting directors of Australia had any sense, they would have had him playing a hard-drinking, grizzled detective whose unconventional methods somehow get results. But alas... They don't, and we'll just have to sit through Dr. Doctor as it plows on regardless. Hold my lever, it's Lawrence Mooney. <laughs> wow. Yes. Wow. Very nice. How's everyone feeling? Good to have you back oh, in the team effort, friends. That was the best team effort intro I've ever had, because I want to play a hard-drinking, grizzled detective who's on the outside. <laughs> yeah. He wants justice. Yeah, you would be perfect for that yeah. tone. Can't you see so, Moon in that role? So I internal think... investigations type of role. Weren't you in Janus or Phoenix? I or... was. I had two roles in Janus. Uh, one was a federal police um, dog, as they say, observing right. from the van. And uh, that was in Phoenix. And then in Janus. Did you have any lines or were you just a man in no, the van? I, uh, I was like, no coffee for me, thanks. And well, um, yeah, Tom bought it. Yeah. Um, yeah, very throwaway. Yeah, and, and then uh, Phoenix? in Janus. Oh, Janus. Janus, I had a ponytail and played a crim, and there was news that 
you know, some other crims had been killed by cops. And mm-hmm. I just stand up and just go, let's get them or something like that. Oh, let's knock the pigs, I think. And did you have to audition with that line? Yeah. But hang on, Phoenix and Janus are occurring in the same universe. Mm, that's right. So, well, you know. Hence the pony. General card. Steel became Colonel Potter. Yeah. So. But you could have done a split screen. You could have met your own character. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. A looper From style. the bus. It's <laughs> not too late. You know, Blue Murder came back. Yes, it did come back. That was strange, wasn't it? It was very strange to watch Blue Murder. Was it Roxburgh? He was great. He's always great when he's Roger Rogerson. Mm. But suddenly Roger Rogerson was having a romance with uh, Tony Collette. Really? And they were having like a picnic. Yeah. Oh, they should no. have had that. <laughs> something tells me yeah, I'm yeah, into yeah. something <laughs> I was expecting like a Finding New Outfits montage as Roger was... Rogerson bounced out of the best and less changing rooms in Anoraks. Tommy? Ed, um... You said, oh, how many years in, in showbiz? 30 years? Aren't you in 30? Th- well, what I'm intrigued by is, is a lot of people use figures like that. Yeah. When do you date it by? When do well, you, you oh, had to say, brilliant. what about, you I, for you, it would surely have to be the first paid gig, like doing those uni, doing, let's yeah. talk backwards, was that you? Something like that. But that so get, when was that? That's older than 30 years. Yeah, oh it? yeah, that's, uh, that's old. Well, hang on, let's go first. So the post that tour, right, what was your first, like, inside a, inside a larger tent of like so a network you, or a radio? Or you mean, and you, I think Tony might be right, the first time you got paid. Yeah, paid. Oh, okay, okay, so paid, paid. Pay. All right. Which is yet to happen at Channel 10, but <laughs> going back to the <laughs> early years yeah. is... Gee, that's it. Yeah, I think you're right, Tony. It might have, it might have been yeah one of those uni reviews. Okay, right. Uh, which the the titles of those uni reviews used to be ten, puns based yeah, on yeah, yeah, popular right. films. Yeah. And 1982, you could get away with the law review was legal AIDS. Yeah. Man. Brackets. <laughs> no one is immune. Exclamation mark. Oh. Close brackets. And it had a syringe oh on my the poster. Right. Was that just a little insensitive? Nah, no, no. But it's, that's, the, you tr- that's the thing about the medical review. For some reason, yeah. they were always the most hardcore toned because yes. they've seen everything and this was their chance to do comedy. So famously at my university, they did Womb Raider. What? Nice. <laughs> Good. Womb wow. Raider. Wow. Yeah. Mm. And, and I'm, when I say it, they actually had a giant... Sort of a, a girl Volva. in the gear, yeah, and then someone sort of diving, diving in, in, diving into the Volvo, which uh. later turned into Hole in the Wall on Channel 9. <laughs> well, I, I think I might have mentioned this before, but I, I went to the Edinburgh Festival in 1991, yeah. and they always have a, a listing in the paper, the 10 worst shows of the festival. Oh, yeah. And the uh, runner-up was a medical review called <laughs> It's a Mad, 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 Mad Ward. Oh, I get it. But the winner was <laughs> another medical review called Whoops, nurse, I've been sick on your tits. <laughs> no, that sounds better. I think they're... they're, they're Whoops, uh, nurse. Whoops, nurse. We, we were very competitive. Well, I reckon that's a top title. It I is an excellent title. Top, yeah. We're a little competitive because you heard of what other unis were doing. There was oh, a yes. Sydney Law Review that had, they root horses, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Which we thought they'd yeah. That's, that's good. pretty good. That's not they bad. root horses, that's don't they? I was, I was in Canberra in 87, training as a drug detector dog handler with the Australian Customs <laughs> Service. True story. And uh, I went and saw a review on, on the road uh, that was travelling. It was called Laminex on the road. Yeah. Uh, 1987 had a young Correct. Michael Malloy. In That's it. right, and Jason Stevens. And Jason and, Stevens. And there was a sketch where uh, the lights come up and they're all on the floor with their faces attached to the floor. And uh, some, you're wondering, you know, what's going to be said. And somebody goes, let's get off our faces. Oh. And uh, lights out, end of sketch. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because the. Cause the <laughs> 
the one you guys did was called Let's Talk Backwards. That's yes. a good name yeah, for a show. Yeah, yeah. And then the next year was the one with Michael Veach and Magda, and that was called Too Cool for Sandals. Yes. That's pretty good. But then the one you were talking about wasn't called Laminex on the Road. It was called, that was the touring version. Mm. It was actually called Laminex on the Rocks. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind that. No one involved I don't could mind that. ever explain that to me. <laughs> i tell you why, Tony, because they always been uni shows. They came about via committee. Oh, so ah, it was like, yes. I sort of like the start of yes. an idea. Oh, no. But yeah. in the interest of being inclusive, we've got to keep mm. Lawrence's. And you would end up with something that made no sense to anyone who wasn't at the meeting. Yes, uh, yes. I love the, uh, I think uh, on Get This, Santo mm. Came in and told mm. us a great story about uh, touring one of those shows, and you were in Perth, mm. and you were playing like a strip club, like the Pink Pussycat or something, ringing some bells. And he said that you had to come on between the strip shows, <laughs> and there was a bloke who came out to host the strippers, and he he came out with like a ghetto blaster. That's what uh, it was called yeah, in the eighties, and he just had a. Kevin Bloody Wilson album a cassette on the player, and he just held it up to the microphone and just played some Kevin Bloody Wilson. Oh. And apparently, there was one bit where people laughed so hard they missed the next joke. He goes, "Hang on, I'll wind it back." <laughs> and, and to complete Sando's story, he, before he pressed play, he just made a quick check of the room. He said, "No one minds the old in-out word, do they?" Okay, <laughs> the old in-out. <laughs> now, speaking of. Uh, Random That's ghetto great. blasters. Yeah. I was in the Commonwealth Bank in Swanson Street in Melbourne. You? Uh, you know, the Commonwealth Bank has gone through very a lot of internal design changes. Absolutely. Yes. Where it's not really a bank anymore. No. It's hard to no. find a teller. No, and right. there's rooms yeah, where you yeah. can just sit there yeah. and get on the phone. Yeah. There's no <laughs> one around. Yeah. <laughs> where, what do you mean? Just pick one up well, and start yeah, dialing? It looks like you have to, and seriously, there's oh, no sorry. apparent bank. And then uh, they put up a roller. And then... Oh, then there's some banks. There's some bank. Mm. Right. Anyway, um, I bank a check. That's why I was in there. For Ooh. no other reason Good would job. I go into a... And who gives you a check anymore? Tone. The RACV yeah. when you finally walk away. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I could hear some you know, music playing. I look over and there's an old ghetto blaster wow. plugged into the wall. Oh. Double cassette deck with the one of the doors ripped off. Oh. And I uh, said to the guy, I like your upbeat sound system and he goes it was here when we arrived no one knows whose it is <laughs> it's just been here the builders whole time. have left it because you'll see you know that'll be when you get builders and stuff like that they'll bring their own portable radios and then it's always about which station they leave it on and the other day there was some plastering going on at our house tom and the guy who was doing the plastering came in and said i get to choose the morning the young apprentice gets to choose the afternoons. Mm. And ah. I said, so what's the split? And he goes, well, I like AM talk back, yep. but he likes to listen to music in the afternoons. And I say, how do you go with that? And he goes, well, I know a lot more fucking Ed Sheeran than I thought I would. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that could be the strap line for many stations tone. Sure. Playing more fucking Ed Sheeran than you think we can. Now, I was giggling like a year 10 student when you started to set that story up. And you may not know why. But are you familiar with uh, Viz's Profanosaurus? Uh, I like. I know the magazine Viz, but not the Profanosaurus. Okay, so the Profanosaurus comes out. It's a, it's a profane dictionary. Oh. If you've never had a look at the Profanosaurus... Have a look at it. Sure. It is pure old fun for boys of all ages. Do you know what? Well, let's not worry about what we think. Rex Hunt, do you, do we, Rex have any thoughts about the uh, idea of the Profanosaurus J? I'm invincible. Uh -huh. I'm paying oh, money. Not again. Uh, the girl's happy. <laughs> oh. She's got no money. I got my rocks off. Oh, how good is this? Now, the reason I bring this up and talking about hard work tone, because you got 
two years of radio from that one. Grant. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It, it's, and you hear it so often. You can you can do it off by heart, including yes. the little teacup rattle. It's oh, just the teacup rattle. You know what? I've never even heard the teacup there rattle. It is. Hey, do we ha- can we have that one more time, Jay, okay. before we go into what t- some of what Tony did with that wonderful oh, grab? Right. I'm invincible. I'm paying money. Uh, the girl's happy. She's got no money. I got my rocks off. Oh, how good is this? Now, so having is, a little tea party while he's drinking tea. I'm not is there sure. a little? Yeah, oh, I'm happy. It's She's, not something you would do during your, you know, mayor. nationally broadcast mayor culpa. Mayor culpa. Maybe it was a Gatorade <laughs> as he fueled up. But what I do love about that, Tom, as subsequently listening to it over the years, is mm. how halfway through, and I've said this before, how halfway through he goes from apology into remembering just how wonderful it was. He can't. <laughs> oh, come on, Rockstar. By the end of it, he's got he's back there and he's like, well, hang on a sec. I was not meant to be doing that. But, Tone, you got interviews, you got so many different things out of it, but I think my favorite, and this was brought up to me by somebody who just started listening to the Team Effort podcast, said to me, hey, you know that Rex Hunt grab that you play? I said, yes, one tone, one of the tones for many years ago. He goes, yeah, what was that about? And I said, just look it up. There was an incident in some alleyways, et cetera, et cetera, right? And he said, oh, right, okay. It was a long time lover, wasn't it? It, I mean, it was an arrangement. Yes. That wasn't just financial. Well, no, I mean, you heard the man. Yeah. She's <laughs> the girl's happy. Girl, I'm sorry, yes. The girl's happy, mate. Para- the girl is happy. I don't want to paraphrase Rex. <laughs> Who would want to? And one of the things that you got out of it, Tone, was an album. And if those haven't heard it, you can hear some of this is the Rex Hunt album as heard on Get This. You must remember this. A kiss is still a kiss. Oh, how good is this? It's the album you've been waiting for. Rex Hunt. How good is this? I'm paying money. Uh, the girl's happy. She's got no money. I'm paying money. I got my rocks off. Oh, how good is this? The big man's paying big money to duet with the best. Got my rocks off. It takes two to tango with the stones. Got my rocks off. He's a rexile on Main Street. The girl's happy. Something for the kids. How good is this? How good is this? And all your classic rock favourites. I got my rocks off. Got my rocks off. Honey, I'm invincible. I'm paying money. Rick's hunt. How good is this? It's worth paying for. I'm invincible. Invincible. Got no money. The girl's happy. I got my rocks off. Oh, how good is this? Oh man, I mean, we got wow. enough out of that. Do you think? So, looking, just thinking back, talking about hard work. How long for you to put all the songs in your head? You know what I mean. Like you would have had more songs than that and trimmed them back. Yeah. How long was, to sift through to get the playlist? It, it was just getting on to Smooth FM and just, <laughs> just waiting. It's just well, oh, there's another one. Yeah. Matt Dower, of course, oh, uh, put that together. Yeah, yeah, He'll yeah. be furious with that appalling no, money no, no, quality. No, no, I'm sorry. We only we could only get it off YouTube, Matt. Oh, I'm sorry. The, um, I'm sorry. It reminds me of when Tony, you were one of the first to start doing podcasts of a radio show, 
And yeah. back in those days, the copyright rules oh, were, yes. were so much more restrictive. And I can remember listening to one of your earliest podcasts, which was introduced by Tony. You obviously, you, right. you weren't happy. You'd obviously just come from the <laughs> program director's oh, room no. where you'd been told you had to remove yeah. all the musical bits. That's right, because uh, so it was in 2006, you uh, weren't allowed to use yeah. any music in a podcast. You not refer to a Rolling Stone song or you could be sued. That was the theory. So you had to cut all those bits out. So it was infuriating. Mm. But then it was like August of 2007, they brought in the satire and oh, parody, parody yeah. fair use fair rule. Use, yeah. So we were able the to- floodgates open. We got yeah. all of them out. So if mm. you listen to the Get This podcast Thank in order, it sounds like we had this amazing kind of <laughs> renaissance in the last 30 weeks. Yeah. But it's all of the songs from the first two years. Can I tell you so that podcasts there is- go back- tw- 2006. Yes, 2006. Yeah, we didn't even know what that. I remember saying to Maddow, "What is it? What are we doing? I what don't understand this what yes. this is." And now you'll get uh, there is a, a a whiteboard here in the offices of SCA, and I walked past it the other day, and the only thing on it it was had been completely wiped off, <laughs> and in massive letters in the middle, circled, but with all sort of you know arrows pointing off it, was just two words: fair use. <laughs> 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 well, we used to, uh, Ed and I uh, had an office next to the boardroom yeah, at Osterio yeah, yeah, yeah. on the on the ground floor, and yeah. we would often just walk past and see all of the sales staff yeah. in there yeah. around a whiteboard. And I remember one time they, there was just a picture of Forrest Gump. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and they were all looking at it really Everybody seriously. Everybody was looking at it. And then another time we walked past, yeah. and they all had their sleeves rolled up, and they yeah. were impersonating monkeys. Yeah, and it was just running around, like getting primal, <laughs> getting primal. And jumping up on the desks yeah. like monkeys wow. and for some kind do of you, uh, team bonding exercise. Do you remember, of course, this is, I think, I credit Adam Rosenbach's told me this, and he won't mind me saying that he said that he came up in the lift once, and the two bosses at the radio station were in um, full military fatigues. <laughs> And he said, what's going on? And one of them said to him, we're at war with Gold FM. (laughs) (laughs) And I just admire their dedication, Tone. Do you know what I mean? Introducing sanctions. (laughs) Now, that reminds me, Tone, because in your excellent uh, show, which is going to be at the Melbourne Fringe uh, Festival... And you can see, we'll put a link to buy some tickets in the show notes of this podcast, this but it's going to sell out very, very quickly. reprise of your Melbourne International Comedy No, this, is a, this no, is a brand new this idea. This is a very strange idea that may well, uh, it's not been done before, and, and when you're doing something like that, you go, maybe there's a good reason. No. It's a TV sitcom mm. that we uh, wrote six half hours and we pitched it around mm. town. It's about not having children, yeah. uh, people who are child-free by choice, so it's yeah. called Childproof, Child-proof. and we were told it's too niche, oh. it will only appeal to people who don't have children, yeah. and we, which is in, by the way, you know, by the like year you, 2030 will be more people than people who do well, it's have like children. Our, it's like our Big Bang Theory only appeals to astrophysicists. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? And, and yeah. MASH only appeals to people who were uh, surgeons in the Korean War, <laughs> as we know. Uh, it's only people who don't have children who go out to live events because the ones <laughs> yes, with children. Right. There's your audience. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's part of the show. And so what we're doing is we're, uh, myself and Geraldine Quinn, and quite a large cast, we've yeah. got Ross Hammond, Andrew mm-hmm. McClellan, Island, uh, a Logie winner who we're not allowed to say who it is yet. Ah, so but I th- he's been on this show. He's been on this show and he's insane. And you can all put that together yourselves. We're going to do it live, uh, mm. like live in front of an audience, like an old style radio show, Love scripts it. in hand, Love around it. mics, right. and then release it as a free podcast mm. and narrating because obviously it's a TV script. So ah. we're performing the who TV script. Who have you got scripts. to be the narrator? We've got someone called Jay Mueller with his beautiful. Uh, mm. Sugary tones. Thank you very much. Are you going to do? I'm the, looking forward are you to going it. to do the fake American accent? I, I will put on the fake American accent. <laughs> Actually, in all its it glory. sounds pretty. <laughs> 
incredible. Uh, yeah. Are you going to do sound effects like people walking yeah. in gravel and stuff? Well, Andrew McClellan's department. Andrew wants to do that, but the problem is you you want to just record the voices yeah. and hopefully the and laughs and then be able to cut it. And, and, if you and the other problem is Tony will be constantly distracted <laughs> by the quality of the sound <laughs> yeah, effects. That's right. No, it should have been uh, track 14 on the BBC volume 18. Okay, Rex, just put your teacup down one more time. Yeah. But we're doing, uh, so we're doing it for three nights. We're doing two episodes a night. Fantastic. Yeah. And it's it's kind of an experiment. I can't wait. And, but I think I know where you're leading because uh, in the show, yeah. I play the content director yes. of an FM radio station yes, who works in Melbourne but has no power because it's all run out of Sydney. Out of Sydney. Yes. And so one third of the show is a massive piss take of commercial radio. And almost oh. everything that happens in the show is mm. something that happened to you or, or you and I and, and to Tom yeah. my, and probably to Lawrence. One of those men in fatigues was mm. probably one of the men that spoke to myself and Damien Callanan Way back in 1999, we came up here with our manager, uh, <laughs> Nick Murray, and uh, we sat down with uh, an executive. Said person. Said person, who probably owned a samurai sword, yeah, yeah. one might say. Anyway, yes. so we sat down, and before we went in, um, I said to Callan, and it's a duo name, you know, we've got to think of it. We've got, it's a duo, we should think of a name. And he goes, why don't we say uh, Jingo and the Toolbox? And laughs, and I said, they're not going to buy it. It's going to be Uh-oh. Callanan and Moon Man. Mm-hmm. And he goes, let's go with it, all right? Mm-hmm. So we sit down with this guy, and um, Nick Murray takes his jacket off and uh, puts it on the back of the chair, and by some kind of power play, yeah. the radio executive goes, nice jacket, mate. Yeah. And Nick goes, yeah, I just, um, I just bought it yesterday. It's uh, some kind of wool. And uh, he moves uncomfortably in the chair and he knocks his own jacket off the back of his chair because he's become quite self-conscious. And then a radio executive goes... Your nice new jackets on the ground, mate. Yeah, and uh, and thus we never got to hear Jingo in the toolbox. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and, on the and air, Nick goes. Ah, doesn't doesn't matter. Does matter. It does matter. It did matter. Uh, oh yeah, it fucking matters. <laughs> matters uh, hugely. Matters hugely. So he goes. So I see a lot of comedians. They think they can come in here and just do commercial radio. Oh. They think they're you know spontaneous and funny and it's like mm. yeah, and good storytellers. Well, it's not that easy. Mm. He goes, for example, I'm your producer. I'm just going to throw something at you. I'm just going to throw Jeez. something at you, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, you've just got to come come up with something. I said, we said, all right, go for it. And he took an inordinate amount of time just to throw something <laughs> at it. Just when. Um, Oh, well, um, uh, jackets. Um, And then he goes, and I swear this is the truth. He goes, all right, this morning I was getting a shower and I looked down and I saw a pimple on my cock. (laughs) And I looked at Callan and I said, well, aforementioned radio executive, I'd want you to get right next to the microphone so I could push it and hear it pop. He goes, I like you. I like you. What are you going to call this thing? I said, Jingo on the toolbox. He goes, no, you're not. <laughs> and I, because you mentioned samurai sword, I know exactly who you're talking about because he had a samurai sword on his sure, wall and would often just wield it during meetings. <laughs> and do you know what was next to the samurai sword on the wall of that man's office? An Augie Award? A topless photograph of his own wife. Oh, no. Oh. How bizarre is that? Well, so anyone who's coming into the office is going, check out my yeah. wife's cans. Well, maybe she was in, excuse me, nurse, I've spewed. <laughs> <laughs> Not excuse me, nurse, I've spewed on you. It's, oh, sorry. Whoops, nurse, oh, whoops. I've been sick on your chest. Sorry, tips. sorry. <laughs>
Yeah, it's not excuse me, is it? Have some respect for the artistic process. Uh, Just before, I'm not trying to extend my plug, but um, please do. Ed Cavalier was meant to be in Childproof, and there's a role written for him. Explain why you're not going to be able to do the show, Ed. Nasty falling out. I don't even know if what irony is anymore, Tom. Mm. But is this irony? The reason that I probably won't be able to make the show as much as I desperately want to, the show about people who have no children, is that is there? The show takes place in the exact two days when my wife is due to give birth to our child. Oh, <laughs> what are the chances? According to Alanis Morissette, that's not irony. It would be irony if you couldn't make it because it was a rainy day. Mm. <laughs> that's irony. Here you go. Thank you, Moon. Moving to you. <laughs> Tom Gleisner, if I said to you, Jutland allowed you to come, what would I mean? I'm, I'm lost for lost for a response. I would be giving you the translation when you type in the Danish title for Thank God You're Here. Oh. <laughs> if I said to you, yes, if in Portugal, I'm glad you showed up is what they've gone with on the, on the Wikipedia, but I don't know if that's true, how it exactly Sounds translates. Right. And I was asking you the other day, because talking about hard work, just to get a TV show up and going, as we see with Tone, uh, getting the show up and running, getting the fringe show up and running. He's got his book, which is just about to come out as well. But to get a busy. television show up Been and busy, absolutely has, and pounding the pavements of Melbourne. Hard but work. to get a, get, a, get a TV show up and running, hmm. um, I was speaking to someone who used to work at Channel Ten when Thank God You Here was pitched, and he was telling me that one of the, the one of the meetings was Hershey, who works uh, at Working Dog, hmm. went in and said, "I'm not going to tell you the title. I'm not going to tell you exactly what it's about. There is no script." But it takes place for an hour, and it's on during the week. Do you want it? And and then the, and the executive said, "We just went, yeah, okay, sounds That's interesting." Good. Which was, you know, for, and turned into thank God you're here. But how much work was it from? Because I remember doing the pilot, or not even a pilot, like a test in a little theatre. Did that's right. How much time had you already spent, you and the boys, just kicking it around the office? And then it is was, it okay? No, well, you know what I mean. Yeah, we do things in fits and starts. It was probably over a period of about a year, where and we we get excited by an idea, and then we get distracted. Right. The hardest thing about thank God you're here was for me. The first, I think the first five episodes were taped before the show had gone to air. So you had a studio audience, a large one, about 300 300 people, people, who we'd we'd got to come along. They're probably old fans of the panel or something. They knew it was a working dog show, but they didn't know what it was. It's an almost impossible show to explain. Yeah. Once you've seen it, it's oh, yeah. 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 But I, and I, I would try, I would write out explanations because it was my job to get up there and and try and sell it just so that they were kind of up to speed when it started. And I would just see eyes glaze over. So yeah. what's going to happen is someone's going to come out here and through this door here and they don't know and they're going to – and I just could never quite explain it. We'd do the first scenario on the night and there'd be this like this collective, yeah. ah, we get it now. And yeah. then – so we often found whoever had the – was the icebreaker, whoever did that yeah. first scenario had to do the really heavy lifting because yeah. they had a kind of baffled audience yes. for yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. until but, it was over. And they went, oh, I, I get it now. And who was the first person Angus through the first door? Was it Angus? Yeah, it was I was going to say Frank Woodley. Did it, Angus was it. It might have changed though because certainly mm. in the pilot he was a surgeon and yeah. I remember in the first one, but maybe it did change to Frank for the Jeez. first, but I, be- I thought it was Angus. Mm. But I do remember standing there before the – because we would be waiting and before, you know, in on the wigs and stuff before the, the door would slide open. And I just remember you could sort of hear them because the crowd was so close. It was part of what was so good about it. But you could hear oh, the crowd. You were ensemble. Yeah. You could hear the crowd going like, yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah. 
<laughs> you don't. I don't know. Yeah, I, you don't want to hear that, do you? I, yeah, I don't know. Or, or, or just like, I, I, is Daryl Summers here? I haven't seen him. Is it? Yeah. You know? And then, then, it was, <laughs> and then, then when it started, people were laughing their heads yeah. off, and so. That helped then, didn't it? Didn't it? Once you had it on tape, you yeah. could then go to TV markets and stuff like that and exactly. go, well, this is what it is. And exactly. away she went. That's right. And then we, 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 got, we got the offer to make formats or, you know, take the format and do it overseas. And, and Rob told me that the key, which is interesting, Tone, is the key to the people, the places that did it and it was very successful is that they copied it exactly. Mm. They didn't try and alter yeah, right, it for their right. own little, did no, they, no, what we do did here is. A, did they have a host like Shane Bourne? Some of them had one that <laughs> <you> looked, <laughs> Thank God you're here. Here we go through the balloon door. <laughs> <laughs> we will be attempting to work in all of Moon's impressions <laughs> throughout this well, podcast. I, I, I do that impression because uh, I think I had a sliding door moment. With Working Dog. Oh, God. In 2005, you and uh, you, you may may not remember this, Tom, but I got a phone call from you, and uh, Lawrence, I've been giving you a number. It's like, oh, g'day, Tom. It's, listen, we're doing this thing, uh, you know. Um, again, difficult to explain. I think you might have said it. it's not, you know, it's a little bit improvisation. It's a little bit this. I said, is it theatre sports? And he said, no. No, it is. It's definitely not theatre sports. Uh Anyway, would you like to come along and um, try out for the to be the host? And I ah. said, "Oh, I'm actually working at Postcards at the moment." You and he went, it, "Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's fine." And uh, I said, "Plus, I'm going overseas at the end of uh, of the year." And you said, "Oh, okay. What, what dates?" And I gave you the dates, and you said, "Oh, because that's when we're recording. Uh, is there a chance that you might um, rethink that?" I said, I don't think so, Tom. Oh. <laughs> I'm going over to support Puppetry of the Penis. <laughs> Good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Good my call. 10 weeks, uh, how long did, yeah. thank God, did your hair go I for? Got yeah, four seasons. Yeah, we've got four, four seasons. seasons out of that, yeah. <laughs> wow. Are you sure you don't want to rethink? I don't uh, think so, buddy. <laughs> but of course, Ed was in the ensemble cast, yeah. as you pointed mm, out. Yeah. And at the same time, yeah. I had been working with Ed on the uh, yeah. an yeah. improvised film based on Boytown, which yes. you can Google that, and yes, there, there was uh, a bit of trouble. Yes. But Ed was in it, brilliant impro, uh, and I'm going, that's a guy I, I want to do a radio show with. Uh, and my ex-wife, Annie, was the, yeah, the uh, first, the first AD, AD on both Boytown yes. and uh, Thank God You're Yeah, here. that's right. And I remember... She came home, finally saw a photo of you, and, oh. and, I, and she goes, this is the guy you want to do the radio show. I've been working with him on, thank God. Yeah. And we, they both started in the same week. Same week. I always remember, get this yep. started on Monday. That's right. And thank God it was on, on that Wednesday. Wednesday. So at the start of the week, Nothing. you were just some bum. Yeah. And by the end of the week, you're yeah. on a national radio show yeah. and a hit TV program. I, I, on the Friday before that, I was asleep in a black thunder car in Blacktown in Sydney when my phone rang. I swear I was asleep. And I was and you I were woke blacked up. out in a black thunder in Blacktown. <laughs> yeah. And I woke up Were you blacked up? To a with an all black. <laughs> and at this I woke up, my phone was ringing, it was a private number and it was Tony. And I hung up and I went, Oh my God. Went back. I was like, this is amazing. Drove home. Phone rang again. Another private number. It was Deb from Working Dog. Wow. And I remember just going home and, and going, um, I think I'm moving to Melbourne tomorrow. 
It was quite amazing. Yeah. Did you remember the first thing you asked me, Tom, when we met at the party for Boytown? So you stepped through your sliding doors. Yeah. Whereas I slammed them and yeah. walked away. <laughs> you go on tour instead of them. Yeah. What did I... Uh, I you were at the party for Boytown and you said, what's your favourite film? And I said, With Nail and I. Oh, yes. Oh, and that was incredible. That was yeah. the audition, and, and was it? Yeah. And that's yeah. in my top ten. And yeah. I remember after we had our first meeting for the show, we were going to yeah. do this thing on Get This where it was, we're going to have co-hosts. Co-hosts, yes. And every episode there'll be a co-host. And I said to you, who would be your ultimate co-host? Richard E. Grant. And you said, Richard E. Grant? Yeah. And I'm going, how, how do you even know who that is? Yeah. And who was our first international co-host was Richard E. Grant. Richard wow. What are the chances Grant. of that? Fantastic. I saw Richard E. Grant at a ticket machine at Paddington Station, and I was with my friend Peter Lawler, and I said, I want to- Got to. I want to say hi. Got to say hi. And I want to do Uncle Monty. Ooh. <laughs> first part, yeah. Second part. <laughs> so- he turned around, and I must have had a look of expectation on my face, and he didn't nod no, oh. but he's just like, "Yeah, please don't. And what did you go with? Just left him alone. Oh, you didn't oh. do any? No, I didn't, didn't do any. Because oh. he's actually I up did. for it. Yeah, he, he doesn't keen. mind it. Yeah, he's keen. I have lied about that story <laughs> on the national broadcaster and said, I went up to him and said, hi, and did Uncle Monty. Oh, right. And he said, yeah, that was, wasn't too bad. Because I thought that was a better story, but I reckon this is actually this a is better a much story. better story. But yeah. I'm glad you saved the shit version for the ABC. Yeah. <laughs> what, what I love is uh, I have uh, I've already plugged uh, that. That really has bolted the door shut at the ABC for me, haven't they? No, they no, hadn't no, already. Just oh no, no, no. That's that's a, you leave it open. I've already plugged my leave festival show, and yeah. Lawrence Mooney has what sounds like a great festival show at the Fr- Melbourne Fringe called? called "An Evening with Malcolm Turnbull." Ah. And what the listeners may not be aware of. <laughs> Is that he is sitting here dressed and made up yeah. as Malcolm Turnbull. Yes. With grey hair. And has just admitted to lying on the ABC yeah. as Malcolm Turnbull. It's a very strange... It's a very strange impression. world we're living in. Well, the interesting thing about the run-up to the Melbourne Fringe is that, you know, people are doing publicity and The Age contacted me and sent me a little questionnaire. And one of the questions was... Uh, there's you're one of the biggest names at Fringe, but there's a lot of big names at Fringe yeah. this year. So I was like, mm, who else is doing Fringe? And now you're obviously one of the big names. Well, there's much. You know who's on? Who Joel McHale from Community, the Ameri- Melbourne Fringe, the American TV show Community. The Hang lead actor Joel McHale the is doing the a show. <laughs> At the, the Melbourne Fringe, and I'm not joking. Google Tom, it now. Tommy? That is happening. He, he thought it was Florida, obviously. It's <laughs> made it terrible. <laughs> That's it's quite outrageous. He just, in a, obviously, in Hollywood, he doesn't have the opportunity to hang from the ceiling by his nipples. No, and I would have... And <laughs> <laughs> Which is I'd, a de rigueur at I, the Fringe. I'd be doing one too, but I am going on tour with puppetry of the penis. <laughs> Tom, speaking of international versions, yes, this is yeah. why I bring it up. You've brought something in for us, I believe. Well, we were discussing international versions, and as you mentioned, yeah. Ed, the, the, thank God you're here Went, yeah, went out many places. World. But let's face it, it generally traffic is the other way. We yes. get we get internet, we get stuff being dumped here. Yep. And back in the seventies and eighties, there was a real push for if, if a successful American or English show mm. was sort of in its latter years, mm. and they, need, they needed a, something just to kick, kick it up home. a gear, they'd do a version down under. Down under. Oh, yeah. Down Those under. were the days. Ooh, and yeah. there are so many, but I just wanted to, to bring the uh, the listeners a, a couple of examples of some fine work. Thank do you remember you. The Love Boat? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Of course. In fact, the pilot... <laughs> 
for the love boat. The captain was not uh, Gavin McLeod as Captain Stubing. It was Australia's own Ted Hamilton right? from Division 4. Wow. Wow. The, uh, was the original captain. Because Ted Hamilton had his own Tonight Show on Channel 10. Yes. Very short-lived. Two weeks, I think. So short-lived on Channel 10. <laughs> Come on, mate. Well, surely not. Love to, hey, Tommy, Tell that to the project, buddy. Love to, shout, uh, uh, love to do a shout-out to our new CBS overlords. Yes, we indeed. Are, looking after us over there at 10. We are loving it. I mean, I, I don't know about you, Tom, mm. but I couldn't be more more impressed by NCIS and Big Bang Theory, as I know you are as it well. It is wall to wall, and may it live forever. The Thank la- you. The, the first... <laughs> may it live forever. <laughs> Applaud you, fucks. Yeah, may it yeah, live forever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's go back to the love boat, Tommy. Love. So, well, the I, I did not. Boat. I did not realise the love boat so. had its antecedents in in a, with an Australian captain. But yeah. well, towards the end of its run, they decided to do an episode down under, mm. and they chose probably the hottest, oh sexiest woman in Australia oh to be the Australian uh, contributor. Lawrence, it was. Cheryl Green was Delvine Delaney. Delvine, Paul Hogan's yeah. um, psychic, and um, of course, whenever you play an Aussie on one of those shows, they always make it Aussie times about fifty. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, ramp it up, yeah, ramp yeah, it up, yeah. and uh, Delvine gives it all she's got. But no worries, you can both stay with me. <laughs> you can have a great time if you ever see my china plate. You can both play with my Billy lids. <laughs> And a baffled laugh what, from the what? American audience. They there. didn't even know that was a boob joke, did they? <laughs> Is that I didn't No, even they get didn't it. know that it was a Rhinos. not a boob joke. Oh, China, I thought, you can play with my, my China Billy, plates and my, my Billy, Billy lids. lids. I thought so, that's a boob joke, isn't it? It is a boob joke, but they don't know that it's n- that it's a double entendre. Yeah, that's too oh, hard right. for them. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> she oh, needs, she's, she's just saying, come back and play with my boobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But well, the canned audience seems to enjoy it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know who gets really annoyed when you say that, Tony? You know Chuck Laurie, the guy that he's oh, yes, He yeah. gets furious. He keeps saying, those are real people on that tape. And you're like, yeah, that died in 1946. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're laughing at some vaudeville post-war. Have you got another one for us, well, Tommy? look, if the love boat is just... An entree to the main course that is Are You Being Served? Oh, yeah, yes. one, of your, one of your favourites. Yes. And they managed to bring that with most, they brought the John Inman was there and Mrs. Slocum came down under. Mm. Uh, then they peopled it with some local Australians. Yeah. But despite... I don't you know, Bourne, he might have been in that Shane, episode. Shane Bourne was indeed. Uh-oh. That's the one. He and was the equivalent of Mr. Lucas. Thank you very much. Ah. But despite crossing tens of thousands of kilometres and multiple time zones, Mrs. Slocum's humour oh still cut through. Oh my God. And so we decided that we'd go on a camping holiday to Mildura. Didn't you get into a lot of trouble from all those young men campers? Well, no, not at all. It was quite hot and we sat around in our 90s with our flaps wide open. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. I was wondering where, whether she'd brought her pussy with no, her. No, although that is not... It's, <laughs> No, I have to correct, I'm not trying to be. No, is that a medical review? Important. Our flaps wide open. <laughs> <laughs> Go in Tony. fact, uh, John John Inman was the only cast so member. That's Mrs. Slocum. That, that must have been the English. That's June Bronhill. Played oh. Mrs. Slocum. The Australian version of uh, doing oh. Australian maybe, version. maybe they weren't licensed to use the pussy. Uh, <laughs> that's that's right. You're not touching that. Yeah. <laughs> now, Tony, I understand. But who course. doesn't love a flap double on Tom? Tony, I understand. Of course, this is a famous piece of I would say showbiz scoopla long before. For Michael Parkinson and Oprah sat down with the stars and got their deepest, darkest thoughts out, you were doing exactly the same for the stars of yesteryear when you discovered how John Inman perfected the walk. Oh, well, that was uh, when we had Borny on the radio. Yeah. He once asked John Inman on the set of Are You Being Served mm. Down Under, mm. uh, how how do you do the, um, the walk? And mm. apparently... 
John Inman demonstrated by producing a 50-cent piece mm. and dropping it down the back of his pants and gripping it with his butt cheeks <laughs> and then sort of waddling across the studio floor, and that's how you do it. Like a human poker machine. That's, that's method. Well, and that's, that's why, children, you should never put coins in your mouth. <laughs> It's basically your coin up the kyber. Your mum always says you don't know where that's been. <laughs> now you know. You I'm free. <laughs> uh, we've, this is almost the end of part one, but we do need to leave. We need to leave. On one of our most popular segments, which is our easy listening auditions. We all know that at some point we're all going to have to bang on the door of Smooth FM and beg for a job. And I do love it when the so-called presenters on Smooth FM collect radio awards tone for shows that they pre-recorded 18 months ago. <laughs> and the winner is Mel Doyle. Mel can't be with us today because she no, has no idea that she actually works for the company. So, Jay, have you got an easy listening song queued up? I do. How long is the intro on said song? Miscellaneous. Okay, well, you, then people can give themselves open. a little. Moon, can we start with you? Mm, absolutely. It's an easy listening station. It's I, new, I even it's, said it like an easy listening kind of guy. Like Richard Wilkins, hey, have a good weekend, everyone. And remember, just, you know, take it easy. Wilkins wouldn't say that. No, I, no, it'd be more of a Cameron Daddo. Oh, your dad's. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so you are, it's New Year's Eve, Moon. You've got the job. 2013? Uh, <laughs> okay. New Year's Eve 2013. That was my I'm at the ABC. infamous outing. Oh, I'll yeah. get the keg. Yeah. <laughs> I was sober. I was stand, sitting in uh -huh. the same position all night. Uh -huh. It was ABC. This is the ABC New Year's Eve celebration. And the mm. people on Twitter tone and the world thought mm. that Moon had had a couple. And, <laughs> I, and no. I can tell you why. Because we were next to a very <laughs> loud stage. I know. And we were interviewing someone. And I couldn't hear yeah, them well, even through oh, my I remember ears. It. And, the and then the executive producer started speaking to me. And the only way I could communicate with him was I looked at the camera mm -hmm. and said, I can't hear anything. Yeah. And everyone's gone, he's off his dial. <laughs> <laughs> so, Moon, it's New Year's Eve 2014. You've got the job on mm. Smooth to bring in the new year. Uh, it's a wonderful time. And so, if you wouldn't mind, um, when you point at Jay when you'd like the music to start, let's take us all there. It's 11.59 on Smooth FM 2013. Take it away. Ten. Nine. No, no counting. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Well, what a year it's been, 2014. Yeah. Good luck with your resolutions, everybody. <laughs> My old acquaintance, be forgot. Uh, out with the old and in with the new. Ten. Nine. This shift is pre-recorded in March 14th. Thank you, Moon. Beautiful work. Pull it down, Jay. Oh, he's going to sing us in. Tonight the music seems so loud You can't turn near this crowd Oh, there's a cop in here Aren't we, um, <laughs> aren't we glad Fair Use is, is now our playground Tom, Tommy, you're up Good news is you're on smooth The bad news is you've got Christopher Cross tickets to give away <laughs> And a huge interview with Bonnie Tyler coming up Oh, wow. When you're ready, just take it away and then throw to Jay for some beautiful music. Wow, what a day. Hope you're all relaxing, kicking back with a nice glass of something non-alcoholic and just enjoying the good times, the good vibes coming out of Smooth FM. Don't forget we've got those Bonnie Tyler tickets coming up. Total clips of the heart. Oh. It's a heartache. 
hanging out for a hero. That's three. That's two more than I figured anyone would reckon I'd get. Christopher Cross coming your way, Jay. Ah, oh, beautiful. What a... No one is flicking that dial. What's oh. this song? Like Dock of the Bay. version. I was hoping for Ride Like the Wind. But... Really, were you? We are, aren't we all? Tone, you're up. It's the day of the grand final. <laughs> oh, no. But you're on air. Okay. You know, most people will be have some interest in the grand final, but you know how when they do the sort of... On days like that, they'll often do like, who cares about the grand final? Because they don't have any rights. And they don't want you tuning out of their, yeah. sh- no. their shift. Or they don't want, exactly. People suddenly reala- realising, oh my God, what am I doing on smooth? Or cup day, they decide that it is cruel to animals. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the day they care. <laughs> so Tony, it's just, it's, it's, you're during the day, it's during the grand final, but the, um, the good news is, is you've got a huge Richard Marks exclusive oh. that you're going to drop at some point. Wow. Whenever you're ready. You're listening to Smooth FM, and this was pre-recorded two years ago. I've actually been dead for 18 months. Coming in next, the captain, Antoniel, will be outlining their plan to annex North Korea. They are military figures, after all. And, of course, Stan Fogelberg will be here to give away tickets to his own concert at the former closed-down Hunchbacks Theatre Restaurant in Church Street, Richmond. But right now it's grand final day. Apparently it's some kind of football game. But we don't have time for that because we've got a big Richard Marks giveaway. Is he the one with the wooden foot? I don't think he is, but we'll be giving it away anyway right here on Smooth FM. Oh, beautiful. Gentlemen, you are all you will all be signed up whenever they run out of tapes of Mel Doyle's sterling work. We do need to jump out of here, Jay. Make that stop, please. Jay, what have we learnt on our way out of the first episode about hard work? Well, sadly, we've been talking about the Melbourne Fringe, and if you want to find out about all of the shows, you can go to melbournefringe.com.au. But if you go to melbournefringe.com.au to check out Joel McHale's show which there are posters all over town. It's for real, isn't it? It's it really is for him. real, and it was until this message has been put up. We oh. regret to advise oh. Oh. that oh, no. due to an unforeseen scheduling conflict oh. with a forthcoming film, the Australian tour for Joel McHale has been cancelled. Uh. Unfortunately, oh. there is no possibility of rescheduling, and full refunds will be available at point of purchase. We apologize for any inconvenience. No so, possibility of rescheduling means I'm never coming to Australia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And often what that means is that not enough tickets were sold. Well, they remember mm. the Backstreet Boys did that. No, they had an, they, they, that they went from an arena down to like a big concert venue down to, to someone's to garage. A, yeah, down, a, an FM radio station. Down to, to no thank you. To the actual back street. <laughs> <where they're from. laughs> Jay. You mentioned, uh, Tony, that there were shows that are often considered the worst shows of uh, Edinburgh Fringe. Yes. Mm. So right. in 2016, a couple of them that were not considered the worst, but some of the more interesting ones, one was Puppet Fiction. All oh, right. Oh. And it was a marionette oh. version Described as a painstaking reenactment of 1994's Pulp Fiction. Yeah, a painful and then reenactment. Gave you a write up of this a young man dressed as a gorilla, dressed as an old man, sitting in a rocking chair for 56 minutes. And then leaves. And that is literally the show. That is, that is what it is. It says fringe. Much. It says fringe, doesn't Sa- it? Sounds like an evening with Malcolm too. Well, another one that could be, maybe this one for Malcolm. Margaret Thatcher, queen of game shows, was also. Oh, you can see what that is, Tom. That feels like a, someone doing an impersonation of Margaret Thatcher. Doing a, um, a game show, doing Family Feud, yeah, or something. Doing a, yeah, but doing a range. Is the fa- is the uh, Forty Towers dining experience there at all? Ooh. 
I think I'd have to look. Because it's been shut down, I think. No, yeah. they're, they're, I, I spoke to Stephen Hall, who played Basil Fawlty in the local stage yeah, yeah. production, mm. and he said they were like, yeah, yeah, we've read your letters, John. We're going to keep going. Wow. Yeah, and they've been going for a long <laughs> time. Years. And they sell out. Yeah. And it's all over and the place. And there's multiple versions. Yeah. yeah. Moonman mentioned Profanosaurus. It started out as an insert for Viz Comic, mm-hmm. and it had 700 rude words. By the time it was released in 2005, it had 8,000 and was called the Magna Farta. Oh, that's good, the Magna Farta. <laughs> Is that a title you've ever toyed with, Tommy? No. In, I no. So it's finished, has it? Well, it's still going. It's still being expanded. The Magna Farta. We are Ed, ba- can I, before you do, you had some translations for Tom's yeah. show. Can I give you this one? This is Portuguese, and this is according to Google. Enfermeira do sapo e fique donte em suas peitos. What does that mean? That is Portuguese for whoops, nurse, I've been sick on your tits. Oh, <laughs> that's so nice. You on your peitos. <laughs> We're back with part two in a moment. 